Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Please rise for the gospel as we sing the hallelujah. St. John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and began, uh, he, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to him, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> this is the third uh, message in our four-week stewardship program, Stewards Living with Purpose. And today our theme is Serve One Another, and our text is taken from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is filled with one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. One of the great rediscoveries of the Reformation was the rediscovery of the doctrine of vocation. Before the Reformation, the church had settled into a pattern of a two-tier class Christianity. You had, on one hand, you had the, the evangelical Christians, those who had followed the evangelical counsels of Jesus, counsels such as the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' command to the rich men in Matthew's Gospel. If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, and give it to the poor, for you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And so these Christians formed monastic orders, uh, the, the, those orders were those for Christians who were seriously committed to him. And beyond those who lived the evangelical life, you had the so-called rank-and-file Christians. These Christians were just your everyday Christians, and they were just required to you know, just, you know, quote unquote, just obey the Ten Commandments. We know that that's an impossibility for us, but that was seen as the lower tier, second tier 
Christian in the medieval system. They were not expected to do the great works of faith that monks were required to do, the monastics were required to do, the super Christians were required to do. Then Luther comes and he flips everything on its head. Luther was a careful student of St. Paul. And he knew just as St. Paul tells us today that we are called to freedom. This freedom means that good works are gonna look a little bit different for each and every one of us. This freedom to do good works is what is called the doctrine of vocation. You know, before the only Christians who had vocations were those who were part of religious orders. Now Luther, being a faithful student of St. Paul, opened the doctrine of vocation to everyone. And our call to freedom gives us meaning and purpose. Everything we do is to the glory of God, calling our first sermon in our sermon series. And Luther famously said this, he said that a mother who changes a diaper does a good work that is greater than all the monks in all the monasteries in all the world, that that, that one work is greater than all of their prayers. You know, if you think about that, mothers, you know, in the midst of changing a poopy diaper, you are doing a work that is pleasing to the Lord. And since we are called to freedom, changing that poopy diaper is given eternal significance. You know, this is the great and liberating doctrine of vocation. As stewards of God's gifts, of our time, and of our talents, He gives us freedom to utilize what we have been given in service to others. Today, Paul calls on us to serve our neighbor in freedom, calls on us to walk by the Spirit, and calls on us to belong to Christ. When we, when we Americans hear that word freedom, we think the word freedom means that we get to do whatever we want. This is not the freedom that St. Paul is talking about. The freedom that Paul is talking about is the freedom to serve God. Because without Christ, there is nothing that we can do to please God, our Heavenly Father. Through Christ, we are now able to do good works. Paul talks about those good works in Ephesians chapter 2, that they were prepared for us before the foundation of the world, and that God has crafted us to be his masterpieces. And this is not done by our own effort, but this is done the water and the word, and, and the waters of baptism by grace alone, so that we are saints in God's eyes. And as saints, he has called us here for a purpose. As I said in my last sermon, Luther noted, if, if God's goal was just for us to be saved, he would have killed us the second after we were baptized. The life we live now is not for ourselves, but for the sake of others. In my previous sermon, I said it was for witness, and today it is also for the sake of service to others. Through baptism, we are freed from the consequences of sin and death. The motivation of the Christian to serve is not for us to get into heaven. That's already been taken care of. There's nothing we can do. There is no sin so great, uh, no power so great to take that promise away from us as long as we believe. And so we don't do good works to get into heaven. The thing is also is that God doesn't need our good works. He already owns all the creation. So our good works are not to 
please God and to not get on his good side. That's already happened through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He said our good works are oriented toward our neighbor. Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And in John 13, Jesus gives that perfect example of service, the washing of the disciples' feet. And even washed the, the one who would betray him, Judas Iscariot. You know, the whole law is indeed fulfilled in one word, as Paul tells us today. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so we as Christians are called to walk by the Spirit. And what that means is that we are to make the best use of our time here on earth and serving one another. And that the freedom that we have to serve doesn't give us the license to sin. St. Paul gives us a warning here in our, in our reading from Galatians on, on how not to use our time. You know, St. Paul says, but, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, bits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh do not give glory to God. They hurt our witness. And the works of the flesh prevent us from helping our neighbor. The freedom that we are given from God does not give us a license to cause divisions in the church or give us permission to live licentious lives. The problem of, of the works of the flesh is they, they, they consume us with our sinful wants and desires rather than looking out to our neighbor and his or her needs. You know, Satan will consume our minds with our sinful desires to prevent us from doing good. You know, this world powerfully tempts us with our own flesh and our own desires rather than to look to our neighbor's needs. I mean, look at any YouTube or Facebook ad. They will use your own data against you and, that, uh, and your own flesh to you to buy or purchase things that you don't need rather than for service to others. The ads know what you're weak against. They use the weakness of our flesh to get us to focus on ourselves and our own desires rather than to our neighbor. St. Paul says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. God has freed us from the consequences of our sin to serve. When we walk in the Spirit, we're no longer focused on ourselves. And through the Spirit, God gives us the vision to see beyond ourselves and our own sinful desires. Instead, we are called to do good. And guess what, brothers and sisters? There's no law against doing good. You can do as much good as you want. There's no law against love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You can do all those as much as you want. This is the freedom we have as Christians. And only Christians can do good works that are pleasing in God's sight. That is the freedom by which the Spirit calls us, who leads us. We ought to encourage one another to do good and lifting up each other uh, to do service. And the more we do good, we're going to find out, the more the devil will want to attack us. You know, the devil doesn't care when you're not doing good. You know, he has limited resources. 
but he will attack those who seek to do the Lord's will. As we're called to serve, will be in spiritual warfare. Remember the, uh, the Lord's words in our gospel reading. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Look to the Lord and his example. Remember that he is the source of all good in this world. Yet he was despised and rejected. Remember that he was hated to the point where the Jews sought to kill him, and they succeeded. In a way, he was again raised from the dead, so in a way they were not successful. So do not be discouraged when the fiery darts of the evil one attack you. You know, there's a saying in the Air Force, you know that you're over the target when the flak is the heaviest. When we experience suffering for doing good, let us flee to Christ. He'll protect you against the assaults of the devil, and he'll protect you through his word. Remember that your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. That is our sure defense. And Paul's final word for us today. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. As stewards living with purpose, remember who you belong to. Remember that you were bought with a price, and that price was the blood precious blood of the Son of God that is worth more than all of the gold and silver in the world. You know, our lives, they don't belong to us anymore. They belong to the risen Christ. And he rose triumphantly for us over sin and death that we too will rise on the last day. Christ has secured eternity for us. That's all taken care of. In the meantime, we are here to love one another. As Christ says in the upper room, a little after the foot washing, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John says in his first epistle, we love because he first loved us. Through our vocations, we share that love in service. We love with purpose, and that purpose has eternal significance. We, and we have that freedom to love, and that love isn't going to look the same uh, 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 with each and every one of us. That we have different relationships, we have different vocations, mother, and father, son, daughter, brother, sister, our family, our church family, our friends, and even the relationships we have in our work are all these in which God brings his love to all. As sewers living with purpose, service is not a have to. Again, St. Paul says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So we do not love because we are forced or coerced. If it is forced or coerced, it is not love at all. The whole point of the Christian life is not a have to, it's a get to. We get to love. We get to be a part of God's big game plan through the various locations he has given to us. God has perfectly slotted you in his creation to do his will. And so the best day to do good works is today to serve your neighbor. As Christians, we are called to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These fruits of the Spirit are not just for super-Christians or the medieval monastics, but instead we are called to Christ to bear the fruit of the Spirit, meaning we have been created by God to do the good works that he has foreordained in advance for us to do. And even the most seemingly small tasks that we, that we have in our lives, like taking out the trash or doing the dishes or cooking dinner or changing that poopy diaper, uh, you know, the boring and monotonous stuff in God's eyes is eternally significant. Nothing we do as Christians is in vain. God has perfectly placed you where you need to be to serve others. That we're freed from sin to serve, to serve our neighbor. Christ comes to us today, just as he came in the gospel reading to his disciples to serve, serve us. Despite we Lutherans call worship divine service. It is here where Christ serves us to forgive us our sins and to bring the gifts of the gospel. Empowered by Christ, now we are sent out into the various vocations, the various places God has wanted us to serve, to be his hands and feet in the world. Remember why we serve is because God first loved us. Remember the purpose of service, and that is to give glory to God and to share his love with this dying, decaying, dark, unbelieving world. Remember who you belong to. You do not belong to yourselves anymore. You belong to Christ, who has died for you and risen for you. Rejoice in this freedom, the freedom to genuinely serve our Lord. Go, live by the Spirit, and keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds the one true faith of the life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.